Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Boy, oh boy, welcome. Got a load, loaded podcast for you today. It's Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast with me, Sam Roberts. This is the podcast for people who still like wrestling. I mean, we look at it, we can be critical at times, we analyze, we probably take it too seriously. But at the end of the day, we're still wrestling fans who actually like wrestling. That's what makes the podcast so special. Please, if you don't already, make sure you subscribe as well as rate and review on iTunes. I can't tell you how much good it does for the show. Uh, This week, uh, we got a lot. We got a lot. I'm going to have a special guest, Wade Keller. Wade Keller was in New York, and uh, uh, he is going to be joining us with Katie Linendahl in the state of wrestling this week, uh, which there's a lot to talk about. Extreme Rules, Monday Night Raw, the whole deal. Uh, But first, first, Apollo Crews is our guest on this week's podcast. Of course, we start with the interview. Apollo Crews, um, this interview was conducted days Day and I know it's backed up a little bit, but uh, we've been we've had a ton of interviews to post. This interview was conducted days before he debuted on the main roster. It was conducted during at WrestleMania weekend, uh, and Apollo has done a lot. This you can actually hear the way we're talking in this interview. None of us, I don't even know if Apollo, to tell you the truth, realized, but certainly Katie and I did not expect Apollo to be on the main roster. It wasn't something we saw. Uh, I I loved Apollo in this interview. He talked about uh, uh, what he did well, what he didn't do well, which isn't something that everybody's so good at talking about. So, uh, without further uh, delay, why don't we get into it? Why don't we play for you our interview this week? It's yours truly with Katie Linendahl and Apollo Crews on the podcast. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Paulo Cruz is back here. I'm back. With uh, yours truly and Katie Lindahl, of course. And we were just talking about you showing up. I mean, last time we talked to you, it was in the Performance Center. Yeah, yeah. Today, you're at Access, and you are a sharp-dressed man. Uh, Very thank you. smooth. Thank you, thank you. He's got the a, little Ralph Lauren here, yeah, little diamonds yeah, on the ears. Yeah, yeah. you, know. you know, I just spent too much money on it. You know, <laughs> I'm not, not a huge spender, but. But you were saying your pop used to tell you. Yeah, he used to tell me one day I need clothes like this. Uh, he's like, uh, you know, you don't have any dress clothes in your closet. I was like, ah, nah, you know, I'll be fine. I'd wear sweats and t-shirt. I'll be good. And uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, trust me, that day's gonna come. And then I look at my closet now and. That day came. Casual. Yeah, I got all business casual stuff in my closet. Right. <laughs> Do you think that, like, you're sitting there like, I, you know, I'm going to be a wrestler. I'm gonna, if you work out enough, yeah. you don't ever have to dress up. That's where your gym clothes are. That's what everywhere. I thought. You know, and that's what I was used to. Like, when I was on the indies, I'd travel in sweats and 
a hat and you know it's a pair of sneakers you know that's all i really put money to was sneakers before and now it's like uh you got to be more presentable which i understand you know I, it, it 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 comes with growing up when i was a kid i didn't i didn't really see stuff like that right yeah and he always told me people are going to judge you on the way that you dress and i was like ah oh, if they judge me let them judge me <laughs> but now i see you know i, I see what he's talking about you yeah. Know? yeah so it's it's uh he's a smart guy and i uh that is one I will give him and say he's right. Probably the only one, though. Has he been watching your your, your NXT wrestling? He does. He lives in, I think he's Ethiopia right now. I don't think they get the, uh, he gets to watch it live all the time, but mm-hmm. he does keep up with it as much as he can. Even when I was on uh, the Indies, he'd keep up, keep up with me. You know, he, he was against it at first, but he still watched. And uh, now he's... Uh, you tell him, do you see how good I look in trunks? You think I yeah, need yeah, slacks? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, dude, I, I need more uh, work in my midsection or what? But uh, he's, uh, he's always, he's always, he's, he's very supportive now. He's had an interesting, that was probably one of the coolest things that we learned about you in the Performance Center. Yeah. His job. Yeah. United Nations, yeah. Damn, <laughs> yeah. man. And he, now, how do you, he's in Ethiopia now? But yeah. you, you say it like he could be floating around. No, no, he's, actually, yeah, he does. Uh, he, well, he, that's how I was growing up with him. So we, uh, when I was, uh, I was born in Sacramento. Um, he got a job. He got an offer for with World Bank and United Nations. He took United Nations. We had to move from Sacramento to Atlanta after he got done working with the CDC in Atlanta. Then we moved to Kenya. Three years later, we're moving to Uganda. Whoa. Three years later, we're back here with my mom after they separated, and he's you know still moving around like that. I think from then I, could, I can't even tell you where he's been. He's been to like uh, a few different places, and now he ends up in Ethiopia. I've spent time in Kenya and a little time in Uganda. Did, yeah. did, what a shift, though. Yeah. Uh, you can't yeah. even put into words you can't, yeah. going from there to here. I mean, totally different it's lifestyle Completely change. different worlds. They're still kind of, uh, as far as technology and development, they're still kind of behind, you know, especially at that time. And it's funny because, like, we're so much further ahead with uh, technology now than back then when I was living with it. So I can only imagine you know what it's like now I, i'm sure they're further ahead but back then you know when we didn't have like iphones and stuff like that is you know i, I was such a young kid that i don't really realize you know the things that how different it was i guess you could say yeah so and maybe that's what, cool maybe that's what's led to your perspective on life in general yeah, because like yeah. every time you've talked to us smiling positive perspective oh, when yeah. i see you on tv you appear to have a positive perspective then <laughs> I, we spoke to other wrestlers privately like we got to figure it out <laughs> right right and they even said you know when he came in i won't tell you who it was but he said <laughs> when he came in he was smiling and he was like and he was like thinking you know okay we'll wait till it fades away like right. he's putting on an act right right now. right right but everybody <laughs> is just keeps saying that this is it's still it's going wild. you all yeah, the time it's, it's how wild. do you maintain that because so many people in this business become so bitter so quickly you know and 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 I, I really don't i think you know my mom growing up was always a positive person she always has a smile on her face i think uh me just having so many life experiences and traveling around before i was you know traveling by myself i think it kind of uh just like opened my eyes and i realized what else is out there and i'm like man i wake up and i get to come to access it's 5 a.m you know i'm, <laughs> I'm sure everybody rather be, but at the end of the day someone's life out there is is it could be a lot worse. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, think, it could be a lot worse. Yeah, a lot yeah. worse. I'm an access in WrestleMania, you know. And not just that, I work for the biggest company in the world. And I think uh, I just take, I go into everything with the, the positive outlook. I feel like if I if I go into it with a negative, uh, a negative thought, I've already defeated myself and I'm already setting myself up to not enjoy it. Like if I came in here this morning, like, oh, I don't want to do this, I'm tired. I, you know, it, it wouldn't right. be any fun. But It is amazing how quickly people lose perspective on the fact that they're dreams came true yeah yeah, you know yeah I, mean? I think that, that does go away quick but i think a, a lot of things in the end of the day don't turn out how you originally planned it to so when it doesn't turn out how you picture it in your head and you set such a high expectation for it it kind of you know you feel let down well speaking of that like as far as your place right now in nxt so uh 
your matches with Elias Sampson yep. at TakeOver. And they've done, I, and we were talking about this the other day, they've done a great job of making every match at TakeOver matter right, and right. mean something. And there's yep. a story behind it. But when you got to NXT, what were your expectations? Were you like, let's just see what happens? Were you like, I'm going to propel straight to the world title match? I don't know. I didn't, you know. I didn't expect that. And the funny thing is, I was actually, a year after my trial, I was actually wrestling for the NXT title. Uh, and uh, like I said before, I didn't think, I didn't come in here thinking that anybody would have a clue who I was. You know, I didn't know that the indie wrestling fans were the same as the WWE or NXT wrestling fans. And when I got the reception I did, it kind of was like, whoa. Mm -hmm. You know, right. I, I just expected to come out to, well, speak people know who this guy is, but majority of them who watch NXT, uh, you know, we'll see what this guy can do. But, right. Uh, it was amazing being able to come out there and have that kind of uh, reception. I, I just, uh, I came in here with an open mind. I think the experience that I had before this helped me um, kind of uh, adapt and transition into the NXT style. And, and it helped me because, you know, thrown in some situations where if, if I didn't know what I was doing, it'd be kind of, right. I wouldn't be able to, you know, perform to the level that I did. But I think with me having the experience, I was able to, uh, kind of knock the ball out the park. And is that what you have to do, like realize, number one, it's a long road. We don't yeah. need to rush to get Yeah, anywhere. yeah, for sure, for sure. And number two, like let's let's take a look at, at every spot and say, okay, well, what is the advantages to being here? Like, yeah. what, wait a minute, I have this thing right here, and I can do this now, Yeah, which I couldn't do before. For sure, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I, I'm, like I said, I'm not in a hurry to to get anywhere. Uh, I feel like if I, if I start focusing too much on, what's next, what's next, what's next, and I'll forget about what's going on right now. Right. <laughs> so what just, in the going on there right was there? There's 10 things awesome about like that. It's, a, it's haunted. <laughs> Maybe 11. Access is haunted. haunted. Yeah, right? I don't know. There's an evil what's going spirit on here? Yeah, that just walked of, uh, in here. I don't I'm not sure what's going on. I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> Which I freaked why. out a little bit. <laughs> it's the same thing in broadcasting. You have to expect anything. Right, right. And be able you to got go to. with it. You got to just go, just go with the flow. That's right. Just go. Oh, there it is again. Yeah. Wow. What, what is going? Sure what's going on here? There's there's a darkness that is that is spreading over. And then he's chugging a sugar-free Red Bull, which just I have now even more respect for. I had one of those myself. I don't think it gave me the energy I needed though. But I'm still wide awake. It's all good. What is it like going back to Sam's point? It, I was just down in Fort Pierce watching one of the smaller shows yep. a few weeks ago. And do you like that environment? Yeah, I do. It's it, for me. That's uh, it has a very indie feel to it to me. You know what I mean? Uh, those kind of shows, and you get to you're more intimate with the the people who support us so much you know we get to power blew out <laughs> it was fantastic. I, I was there i didn't know you were there for that one <laughs> during mojo's right? match right yeah yeah yeah, yeah that. Which was my, that, was, that was the second show that we've been to where power has blown out because yeah. you've been albany. on albany you weren't oh you no weren't it was the, the first albany, albany show. show yeah the first albany power show. went out that place power went out and oh, wow. Bal balor had to come out to Everybody in the audience singing his music because there's no. <laughs> but so, yeah, talk about when the power went out. At, at well, and it's, those moments are so incredible because we were talking yesterday about that just being able to see you in that environment right. and how big you are. And maybe it's lost on you, but you get such an intimate experience with with NXT. Yeah. And like, I hope that continues. Yeah. I hope people get to experience like Sam and I have. That's why I'm glad we get to do those because, uh, like I said, we I, we I can go out there and, and talk. After my, I can't say I have a full conversation, but talk. This is a little girl. Her name is Alex. She comes to most of the shows, and she'll have like an Apollonation sign. Cutest girl ever, man. And every time I see her, brings a smile to my face. And for me to be able to just stop for a few minutes and and take a picture with her after the match, something I couldn't do on, you know, at, at takeover or yeah. something like that. For me, I think that's amazing because then you know her parents would tweet me and say, you know, I made her day or something like that. And that to me is 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 a better feeling than 
walking out there in front of 10,000 people, you know what I mean? So it, uh, for me, that's amazing. Mentally, when do you get to the place that like, maybe in your head, the idea of wrestling in front of 200 people is not a foreign concept because you spent so long on the indies, yeah. but to like Katie, who, or whoever is the mainstream fan that's sitting there with that perspective, because I think that's important, yeah. sitting there going like, whoa, what's Apollo doing in front of a crowd like this? And you're sitting there going like, this is my livelihood. Right, so yeah, that's what I was saying. I think... Uh, do, you, do you still not really quite get that people don't view you the way you... I view myself. I say, yeah, yeah I, I, I see myself as... Uh, for example, we are walking down the street yesterday to go eat at uh, wherever we went, and uh, people stopped me. Oh, Apollo. And I'm like, you want to take a picture of me? Like, have, like, we, have we met yeah, before? Yeah, yeah. Like, what? And oh, dang, yeah. Well, NXT, you know, so it's kind of like, it's, I still don't see myself like that, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I just, I, I can't, I don't know if that day will ever come, and I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's, uh, it's crazy, because I think my dad looks at it like that still, too, he's like, you go to shows, and you set up the ring, you take down the ring, and you wrestle in front of 200 people, it's like, so what's changed from before you got here, you know what I mean, and I'm like, and he drives to the show, too, and I'm like, well... I get to be at Access. <laughs> you know Isn't that I mean? great that, to have a dad that's like outside the business yeah, altogether? Yeah, yeah. He, so he's like break on a logical level. He's yeah. Like, he's like, doing the say? same thing. Exactly. Yeah, and he doesn't understand it completely. He's so. like, you need me to send money? He's real confused. <laughs> well, I used to ask that like all the time. And I think I, I got to the point where now it's like I haven't asked him for anything for a few years now. And I think he kind of, I don't know if he misses that feeling or he's Aww. actually like, thank God it's over, but uh, <laughs> I never, I haven't asked, you know, now I realize I've finally got to the point where it's like, it took a while, but it finally got to the point where it's like, I'm my own man, I'd pay my own bills, I'd take care of myself. Is that, and is that the landmark? Because you were saying before he didn't approve, before he approves yeah, now. I, is, I, it, is, the, is the landmark, I can pay my bills? Yeah, I think that's what it was, and I got my own car now, and I think before it was like, okay, I'm wrestling, but there's no profit coming out of it or anything, <laughs> right. and I'm just still, I'm hey, dad. Uh, dad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got bought like a couple hundred dollars, you know, and it's, it's, I think that was uh, the thing, it's like, okay, well, you know, are you really going to make this or are you just like, right. And I think what he wanted me to do was go try it out and he'll be like, okay, once you fall flat on your face, you're going to realize I was right. And then that's going to be the end of that. And then having to work for that though, yeah. is that's, that's where your character comes right, exactly, from. That's yeah, where yeah, the, yeah. the whole, the yeah. whole vibe, when you have appreciate things more when you yeah, have exactly. to work when you have to it. actually work from instead of it just being handed to you. I, I think that's how it was my whole life. Uh, I, I never, complain about hard work i never wanted anything just to be handed to me because i feel like i wouldn't i wouldn't care for it you know what yep. i mean when you work hard for it you know and uh it's like i got bought my first car and i and i cherish it you know now i see what my dad was talking about when he got me my car and he's like if you don't take care of it blah 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 blah. and now i cherish my car i'm like i'm gonna do everything i'm gonna wash you're it you're not gonna together. take it for granted you're not <laughs> exactly. like this like 16 year old was given a car I mean? for yeah, his birthday exactly yeah, i've yeah. worked hard for it and i know the value of it now so it's it's very different so very what's different. your what's your dad gonna say because obviously he it's not full circle for right. him when because NXT guys are getting action figures yeah. NXT guys are in video games for sure. so like when you're in a video game when there's an Apollo action <laughs> figure in Toys R Us like is your dad going to be like I think it'll hopefully did they make a mistake yeah yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> what you, when are you going to be the main event of WrestleMania or something you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, like think, everybody has an action figure you know <laughs> right right I think you know I talk uh, I think he's genuinely proud you know it just uh, it's uh I, he's proud, you know. Yeah. It, it, it took a while for him to get there, but I think he's, I think he's there, and uh, I, I hope one day he gets to come. Like I wish he, you know, could come here and watch something like this. But he, yeah. he works so much and so hard all the time. But I think once he gets to experience something like this and see all the people and hear them chanting, you know, for me during my time or whatever, I think he'll realize like just how far I've come. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I I would think so. And if anything, I mean, just to go, just have him walk around with you. Yeah. So he can witness <laughs> right, the, right. Yeah, the yeah, picture yeah. taking and all yeah. that. Have you? How do you feel? Because you know, you still view yourself in that same way that you had always viewed yourself before yeah. you were here. But one thing Katie and I were talking about is the difference in being here versus doing indie shows. Is weekly TV yep. means figuring out a character yep. and telling these stories yep. and doing this. Is that something that is foreign to you, or because you grew up a wrestling fan, you always had that mind? I, th- I think it is, especially when you, when the word character comes into play. Because I was asked this question not too long ago: is like, like who are you? You know what I mean? Right. And for me, that is the hardest question to answer. Right. Because you're Uha Nation. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm a guy who hardworking guy who, you know, come out here and I'm friendly when it's time to compete. And if you push me to the limit, I get mad and mess. You know, but really. I feel like people can, can you really relate to that? You know what right. I mean? Or is that does that really define who I am? So I feel like for me that is the hardest uh, question that I've been asked. But I think once I figure that out, I think the rest will take care of itself. Because it almost like these days, it almost goes beyond who is Apollo Crews, yeah. and you ask what is an Apollo Crews. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, what sure. what is this thing yep. that I'm supporting? Yeah. So that's like as far as goals go, right now that's yep. what you're trying, trying to, to figure in. out who or what Apollo Crews is. And I think that helps you adapt to any situation because it could be like, okay, if I'm put in this situation, what would Apollo do as a character? Yes. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, well, I can figure that out. Or if I'm put here, what, what would Apollo do? And if I know myself, I know exactly how to react in each situation. I mean, if it's, and it is such an important thing, especially in NXT where kind of characters and gimmicks and stuff like that have really yep. caused, and it's, and it's bled over to WWE. For sure, for sure. Caused, it made it, had a resurgence. It's almost like you have to do an acting workshop right. and figure out the backstory out of your are, yeah. character and where yep. were you born and what did you buy. And, and it's funny. We did this uh, this drill. Howard Fine came in. Uh, he's a well-known acting coach. I think he helped uh, Will Smith with uh, concussion and so much other people. So it's cool. He's coming and has us do this emotional recall, and uh, he just wanted us to get in touch with, like, a certain emotion or just to be able to put ourselves in a certain emotional place and then be able to turn it off like that, which is, relates to wrestling because Absolutely. sometimes we need to go to a certain level of emotion whether it's for a match or for uh, a promo or whatever, and and then the next minute, all right, now we got to be back to who we are. Yeah, you know, I just so fear you're going to be the happiest heel ever. <laughs> hey, that way, hey, I think like, you know what people. I want to tell people all love you me fan- and hate me all at the same time. Then I, <laughs> I want to tell all you fans, you're all. I hate you all. You're a waste of time, and I'm just happy to be happy, here. But what? <laughs> I feel like that would make people mad though. Kind of, it's like I'm happy. Why is he? Why is this guy so happy? Why is he smiling? Right, 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 right. <laughs> We're talking a new day about right. that. Like when they first jumped on the scene, it yeah. was like. We want to make your lives better. You suck. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, I know I suck, but I'm going to make your life better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, whether yeah. you want me to I feel not. like that guy's like the most annoying person ever. Like the guy like who just knows he's better than everybody. The Instagram like, quoter. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out, like Monday motivation. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> like, all right, I'm not following this guy anymore. Like the fitness guy, man. I got to unfollow all those people. Right. It's like yeah, a whole be... bunch of <laughs> motivation and stuff. That would yeah. be great if you're one of those like awful football players that just has no knowledge of anything but just says, yeah, yeah, just like, says yeah, yeah, create yeah, your right. destiny. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's like this guy has no clue what he's talking about. Exactly, right? yeah. exactly. <laughs> what better guy to hate though? Is there? When, yeah, really. When you, I mean, when you have like an acting coach come in, and obviously, I think there's stuff going on at the performance center that we don't even really fathom yep. to what levels stuff is being worked on. Do you or other guys that took the route that you did, you know, going to gyms, sleeping in cars, blah blah blah, yep. sit around and be like, I'm a wrestler. Like, what does this mean? Like, at, at, do you, does everything click right away, or do you sometimes get to a class and go like, why, what? No, I think sometimes it takes a little while because at first I was kind of thrown off with the uh, with the class, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, 
I'm not going to give this my full, but I think uh, going into that, giving it your full your full attention and, and, and 100%, you actually come out benefiting from it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what it is. Even like when you, you know, you go to, we go to Performance Center six days a week. You know what I mean? And some guys get complacent, but I feel like uh, you can't let yourself get to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, go in there, just put your head down, work hard, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you get your rest. You know what I mean? I, I, I think it's... Uh, it's hard. It gets repetitive. It's you know redundant, and it it uh, especially when you don't see a lot of development on the TV side. You know, for some people, yes. I think it is. But sticking it through, you know, and, and realizing like there's a bigger picture and there's a reason why they're holding you back or, or making you do certain things. You know, and it's it's all they're looking at the bigger picture. It's not just about us individually, but us as a unit. You right. Know what I mean, so right. I think uh, sometimes it's just uh, just putting your head down and. and and push it forward and i think it's also like the idea of not forgetting that your you know your dream's coming true yeah is that sort of like first day mentality yeah. like just maintaining yeah. like when you walk in i don't care Man. if you're an indie guy or you're a football player if you're yeah a bodybuilder right like when you walk into the performance <laughs> that, center, there's nothing like that first day the first day when <laughs> right. you're, and then if you're a wrestling guy it's even better because yeah. you're like norman smiley's over yeah, there the and terry taylor's over you know, there the, and you got guys that are willing to, to pass this knowledge down to you and they want to help you and want to see you succeed. We're set up for success. Right. But you know it's like, but, but something does happen when you see them six days a week, all yeah. of a sudden it's yeah, like, it's kind of like, you, t- you, t- you, t- you, uh, what's the word for you? Um, you get complacent and you just, you, you, uh, uh, I don't know what I'm looking for, but you get like, just kind of like, oh, it's, it's jaded a little bit. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just like, it's there. I'm not, you know, it's yeah. there when I need it. Right. You know what I mean? And, uh, you take it for granted, I guess, is what yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you, it is. you actively fight that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's sometimes it's uh, it gets like that every now and then. But I'm I'm like uh, I, I take steps back, and I'm like, wait, how how lucky am I really? Right. And then realizing something like this, I get to, even though we're busy, I kind of get to reset my batteries and kind of when I go in, you know, back when we get back to work, I'm like, okay, so. This is what we're working for. Yeah, you know, totally. This is like what we get to experience. Going out in front of ten thousand people, hearing that reaction is why we're here every day. You know what I mean? So, uh, those kind of things keep me motivated, and it's it's fun to be a part of these kind of things. And and at the end of the day, your dad doesn't think you're a colossal failure. Exactly. That's not exactly. A bad yeah, thing, yeah. You know? I could be still working at Delta, stacking bags on a plane. So. <laughs> is that what you did? <laughs> I did. I did. Where, what hub? I was in Atlanta, the busiest, the, the busiest airport. In how the do, world, how do those bags? How do, how do they get lost so often? Those, like, are you I, throwing I, them on the wrong plane. No, no. Like, see, the, the bag guy, the the uh, the driver brings them to our to our plane. I was I just oh. stacked them on the bag. So sometimes I'll be sitting there and I'll see a bag like fall off of, off of a tug, and uh, the guy will just keep driving. <laughs> yeah, just, there's re- no way yeah, to have yeah, any yeah, idea. So they're just gonna throw that on a plane. Yeah, they'll, they'll reroute the bag and it'll eventually get to you. But like, uh, it's oh. they're, they're a lot better with that. I haven't. And I, I don't know, I'll knock on something, but I haven't, I've been fortunate enough not to ever have my bag lost. So, and they do a decent job uh, with getting it back to your. But you never check your gear. That's the rule, right? Oh, <laughs> never. <laughs> never. That, <laughs> that, imagine coming here to WrestleMania. It's like, hey, yeah, we lost your gear bag. Right. It's like, you what? Can, <laughs> you come to the ring in like Baron Corbin's yeah, old yeah, tights right, right, right. I'm like, yeah, uh, I had to borrow some. Why is it so long? I mean, man, hey, <laughs> I'm trying something new. <laughs> well. Uh, you've come a long way. This is a good time to be Apollo Crews, sure. I think. Definitely, definitely. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah, and it's good talking to you, man. Oh, yeah, Thanks you too, guys. Out. Always. It's always fun. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Here is Sam Roberts. Great time talking to Apollo Crews. And I have to say that uh, the criticism that he was aware of, the idea that he needed to do more work to develop a character, he is really 
not letting that hinder him, I find, on the main roster. He has not slowed down at all. I think they've been doing a good job booking him, although for the life of me, I will never understand uh, why Chris Jericho beat him on Raw. You know, and, and I understand Sheamus jumped him before the match, but Apollo came out doing backflips. Like, Apollo did not sell getting beaten up at all. It was as if, like, it was as if the beat-up had never happened. I appreciate him beating him up because I think that in the future we are starting to get towards a spot where the old era and the new era are going to be competing against each other. I would love to see a scenario where it was uh, Chris Jericho representing uh, the locker room that's been there for a little while, taking on uh, Apollo Crews and whoever. I don't know who would represent the new era. Maybe you put... uh, uh, a Sami Zayn as the leader of the new era. I think it could be a lot of fun to have a WWE where you've got the world title scene and then you've also got this sub-story where it's the old era and the new era fighting for dominance. I think that could be really cool. I think it could be fun to watch. And I think Chris Jericho is the perfect heel to lead that stable. I just the, my, my qualm with Chris Jericho right now is even though he lost at Extreme Rules, and we'll talk about that, I think, um, he, during this run, is a fabulous heel, but he hasn't elevated anybody, I don't think. He had a long feud with AJ Styles, and AJ did not come out better for it. You know, I, I think he would have been just fine entering the world title scene with or without it. I, I, he didn't make AJ better, and... Dean isn't better for his Chris Jericho feud. So uh, that's the one part that's not working, uh, although he's a great heel. Before I talk any more about what happened on Raw, and I want to right now, but I want to tell you that Chris Jericho looks great in his trunks. And uh, I'm assuming that Dean Ambrose has trunks under his jeans. If he doesn't, he might have me undies. And if you want to be like Dean Ambrose... Or if you want to look kind of like Chris Jericho because you can get briefs, then you need Me Undies. You need to go to MeUndies.com slash Sam. In case you didn't know, you could be wearing a suit. You could be wearing sweats. You spend almost 24 hours a day, though, in your underwear. Instead of making a statement like... Uh, 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 instead of making a statement like Superman's tights under his everyday clothes, your underwear is probably boring. Me Undies has been invented... To change all that, MeUndies is great. They got all kinds of underwear that, by the way, you take off your, 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 your overgarments and people who you're with are going to be very, very impressed at your ability to make your underwear make a statement. People like that, whether, it's a, whether you're after men, women, I don't know who else. They're going to implant They're going to enjoy the fact that you've taken a little bit of time and stepped up your underwear game. And that's where MeUndies comes into play. Uh, uh, Not only does it look good, but it's soft. It's made uh, uh, from from sustainably sourced uh, modal fabric. uh, Sourced modal, I'm sorry, which is a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. They feel amazing. And if you don't love your first pair of MeUndies, they're free. No questions asked. You don't need to send them back because who wants used underwear? But they will be free. They got all kinds of styles and prints for you to choose from. Uh, and what's great about it 
is that it's a subscription plan. You can you can go on the website, MeUndies.com slash Sam, and just buy one pair of underwear. Or you can subscribe to this service, and every month you're getting a package. You're getting a gift in the mail, and it's the gift of underwear, which may be the greatest gift of all. Shipping is free in the U.S. and Canada, and you can save up to $8 a pair with the MeUndies subscription plan. That's right. Get the subscription or a single pair. You can get 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies.com slash Sam. That's what I've done for you. I've, look, I've talked to MeUndies, and they've hooked up a discount just for you, Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast listeners. That's MeUndies.com slash Sam for 20% off your first order, MeUndies.com slash Sam. Now, aside from the Jericho thing, a couple big things uh, to happen on Raw— I support AJ losing uh, his match. I think that AJ losing adds intrigue to the story with him in the club. I think that the idea that he lost uh, the match, that he dismissed the club for, gives the club a reason for being. It allows them to have the benefit of a doubt where they go, well, you didn't win without us. Maybe you didn't win with us, but you certainly didn't win without us. You know, when we're not fighting your battles... You're losing to Kevin Owens. So I think that the, the, the loss, for the sake of the story, is actually more valuable than the win would have been. Uh, also, I'm happy to see Enzo back. Who's not happy to see Enzo back? You know, I, I, I kind, of, kind of am bummed that Cass is not getting more time to shine on his own. But at the same time, Enzo does a good job of, uh, of bringing Cass out of his shell and letting him shine. So I'm glad to see Enzo back. And there's no doubt the highlight of Raw was the promo that Charlotte dropped on Ric Flair. Oh, God, was it great. And I talked about Ric Flair leaving the scene before. We'll talk about it in the state of wrestling. Um, But this is the best possible way for Ric Flair to go out. Dana Brooke is going to be a great female bodyguard, manager type person for Charlotte, sidekick, whatever it is. Great use of Dana Brooke. And Charlotte goes back to the best Charlotte ever, which is real. Real and uncomfortable, and and, and it gets a reaction. Charlotte doesn't mind using real family issues to bring out a great story in this pro wrestling world. And that's the best way to possibly do it. When that line of real versus not real gets blurred, guess what? Ric Flair really wasn't at home when Charlotte was growing up. She really does, I'm sure, have resentments toward him. And by the way, if you go back and you listen to the last podcast that I did with Charlotte, which is a few episodes back, you can hear her saying that in real life, she has a certain, not a huge degree, but a certain degree of resentment for the fact that Rick, her dad, is taking spotlight away from her. So the fact that she's able to use those real-life things and turn it into an amazing promo is just, it's what wrestling is all about. Now, the reason that I went over Raw here in this interim part is because I wanted to take advantage of something that doesn't happen too often. For the first time in 22 years, a wrestling buddy of mine named Wade Keller was in New York. Wade Keller has run uh, the Pro Wrestling Torch for decades. PWTorch.com, one of the more reliable spots for wrestling news on the internet. You also hear him on Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast after a lot of the pay-per-views. 
uh, as luck would have it, Wade Keller uh, was visiting New York for Extreme Rules. So I reached out to him right away and I said, Wade, I would love to have you come in because I like doing it in person. You know, I like meeting people. I like talking to them in person. I said, this is a rare opportunity. Wade, I'd love for you to come in and join Katie Linendahl and I on State of Wrestling. You know, even if it has to be right after the pay-per-view. I don't know what your travel schedule is, but if you want to come in right after the pay-per-view, we can do it. And I'd just love to hear your thoughts on the pay-per-view. So that's exactly what we did. We had to tape this State of Wrestling before Raw. So you'll hear, we wonder about what's going on with Ric Flair. Uh, We talk about Seth Rollins. And by the way, I'm going to talk about this a lot more next week, I think. But it is time for all of us to embrace the idea of WWE entering nonlinear storytelling. This idea of who's the good guy and who's the bad guy doesn't really apply. There's a couple of true heels in WWE. The Miz and Chris Jericho. The Dudley boys probably fall in that category too. Other than that, you know, Kevin Owens is nowhere near a true heel. He's not. You know, he's great. And we'll talk about that in State of Wrestling. There's a bunch of guys. The most popular heels are not bad guys. You know? And so I think we're entering, and and, and you're going to see this in the Seth Rollins-Roman Reigns thing. And the fact that Seth Rollins got people to boo him on Raw, by the way, shows you what an amazing performer this guy is. He's incredible. But I don't say that this thing that they're doing with Seth Rollins is necessarily a bad idea. I think that there's a lot of movement that you can do here. And I'm (coughs) interested, excuse me, I'm interested to see where it goes. I think that... uh, uh, this is they're not turning Roman Reigns heel, and I think they're just setting up a scenario where if you're a guy who hates Roman Reigns, then go to the shows and cheer Seth Rollins. Knock yourself out. If you're a kid or a woman, go to the show and cheer Roman Reigns. Knock yourself out. And I think that it's just adapting to the world that we live in. And wrestling is now being told in a way that is nonlinear and is more shades of gray than it ever has been. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that we as wrestling fans need to feel comfortable adapting to. We'll get into a little about that, uh, as well as everything that happened at the pay-per-view, right now on The State of Wrestling with Katie Linendahl and the incomparable Wade Keller. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Welcome to The State of Wrestling. And uh, coming fresh off, we're recording this a little bit early So we don't have raw commentary just yet, and we will, but coming fresh off Extreme Rules. And the reason that I wanted to make sure we did it early is because, uh, Katie Linendahl, you are here, but we also have a guest with us. Big guest. Wade Keller, who everybody knows from PW Torch, from uh, Stone Cold's podcast, from, from being involved in commentating on wrestling from way before Ronald Reagan was president, is that when right? I, yes, nineteen eighty-seven. And so in his last months in office, but I mean, Ronald Reagan was president was when president. I published the first Torch newsletter. Man, yeah. and, and, and how did you, at that point? So you've been able to adapt pretty well. I wouldn't say I was able to. I would say I would say that I was forced to. I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> be here with you right now if I didn't. But no, yeah, I was able to adapt. I mean, I've been through. Yeah. I mean, literally, the first newsletter was on a my grandma's old typewriter with sticky keys. Put in white sheets of paper. Went to went to the local printers. And uh, mail copies to the wrestling magazines and some other people in the media. Did you have connections in wrestling? Or what made you think you were the guy to... 
I, I started getting uh, three or four newsletters that kind of evolved from fan club bulletins into Via par- uh, Carrier Pigeon. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And and I I was in the AWA heart of the AWA territory, and nobody was doing a newsletter from the heart of the AWA territory. It was kind of at the tail end of their relevance, but I'd always been into journalism. I'd always been into wrestling, and I was always into entrepreneurialism. I was always I set up Kool Aid stands when I was younger, so I was selling the most right. candy bars for baseball. So I just I wanted to market something, and I loved wrestling. I'd been writing about it in my own notebooks for years, and I was like. I'm going to try this. I didn't really know where it's going to go. But, I mean, a lot of people, It's it, in the late 80s, mid-80s, a lot of people were doing newsletters. That was the equivalent of having a website sure. 10 years ago or whatever now, you know, a popular podcast for that. Matter. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember the first thing that I had was uh, I had a wrestling figure newsletter that went out via email. Yeah. Yeah. And there was and like I would, 15 like, years ago it was yeah. about emails. You'd accumulate yeah. email lists. Yep. And I would send, here's the action figure news. I was probably like 12. And like I had That's great. 500 or 1,000 subscribers, whatever it was. I don't know. And every – my email at the time was gdust1. <laughs> it's, at what Because it was like at AOL. Of course. That's yes. what I was checking on, yeah. Cause it was that or Earthlink? It, no, it was AOL. Okay. Yeah, because it was 96. Yep. And I was just a weird kid who thought Goldust was like the coolest thing ever. Hey, we all have our <laughs> – <laughs> yeah. at age 12, yeah. our judgment is different than and, when but we're But by the way, I'll say – that as one of the few 12-year-olds that thought Goldust was cool, yeah. if any single character started the sort of attitude era yeah. reality of wrestling thing, it was Goldust. Yeah. I, I, and when, when, he, when he was – that character was created, I remember writing about it, and it was like controversial. Yes. Like, is, it was so suggestive. And then you actually had controversy in the locker room. Scott Hall was a little uncomfortable. Right. You know, with – Feuding, what's what's going on here? Is he going to touch me in a way that's not a wrestling move to win? And if you well, go, how do I react? If you go back on the network and you watch the segments now, yeah, they really were, like. I thought I would watch them and be like, "Oh, this was nothing," but I watched them. And I'm like, "This is really something." Like yeah. they couldn't do this now. I know Marlena. Yeah. Wow. I mean. Yeah. But they. I mean, I know she. She was instrumental in wanting to take it to, Katie, to the next level. You watched as a kid, mm-hmm. but you were you were. You know, a little more religion in the household than me, a little more. What, what you did... just got done explaining to me the, like, kind of hidden ulterior thing that was going on with Goldust about three weeks ago. So you did uh, not see it as a homophobic push. No! <laughs> no! I'm still play, playing catch up on many things. So 12-year-old Katie Linendahl is just like, oh, he's a movie buff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, Shattered and... Dreams production was a thing. <laughs> That's amazing. And I know at the time, Marlena, uh, Terry Runnels, and, and, and Dustin, they, they didn't want it to be just gay. They wanted it to be pushing buttons about people's hang-ups about sexuality in right. general. You know, and, and that's what made Vince kind of defend it internally as this isn't just, you know, to, to bring out homophobes and, oh, we don't like it. Was, it really was. Marlena wanted to be very suggestive in a broader way about sexuality and, and make if, people uncomfortable. And, yeah, and she came out with the cigar yes. and everything. And you're like, well, why is Goldust hanging out with Marlena and Marlena's – and and, and she Vince, was masculine and sexy at the same right. time and really challenging some assumptions. And Vince would be on commentary talking about it, pushes the boundaries of homophobia. And yes. like, but it was like this sort of gender role character yep. 20 years yes. before it became, you know, this Caitlyn Jenner world where this is something we actually talk about. Right. Which is, which is impressive. But let's fast forward. <laughs> we, I mean, I, we yes. could talk about wrestling. I know. For a long, long time, yep. but you're only in New York for another 24 hours. So, yes. Yes. <laughs> and can we say off that note, he, it was quite adorable that he we're in the serious studios and he looked out the window and said, "I can't believe how high we are." Well, well I, is, no, I said I hadn't incredible. been this high yet. It right. hadn't been from a 
standpoint of up in the air it looking down at the city, I was like, oh, this is cool. You right. Know, it's like the first time you're at the top of a building in Vegas after a few years. You're like, oh, let me t- take it in. And right. This has been a great few days. I just, right. New York's been fantastic. Well, you went great. to Extreme Rolls yep. this week. But I wanted – I mean, I figure while we're talking about gold dust, why not allow that to segue directly into uh, – Star. Cody Rhodes. Yeah, yeah Stardust. Star. Cody Rhodes. I thought when Cody – so – I'm sitting at Extreme Rules last night, and Cody Rhodes had not yet – I hadn't read the statement. Cody Rhodes had not yet put out the statement. Yeah. And Eden had publicly said she supported Cody. And at one point – and it wasn't on TV. It was before the show. The fans were chanting Cody, yeah. and Eden was kind of fist-pumping. Mm. So I start thinking work. Like, oh, yep. I see. Stardust is resigned, and then Cody's going to come out. This is how they reintroduce Cody Rhodes. Yeah. But it's not. I don't think so. I, I don't. Mean, th- I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm, it, it, it has barely crossed my mind. But if they do it and they do it well, I congratulate them. But this, this feels, this feels legit. And I don't see a lot of money in the fake angle. So I'm kind of going with, especially as far as Cody's gone. Like Cody, yeah, Cody, he went really far. yeah. He's announced that he asked for his release. They went on the website. They said it was granted. Like they did the Cody Rhodes yep. has been released message. And then Cody and Katie. I don't even know if you've seen this, but Cody put out like a two page memo thing on his Twitter. Yep. That basically said he was leaving because he loved wrestling, but he didn't like uh, the my in, interpretation of it was he didn't like being Stardust. He wanted to be Cody again. Yep. His ideas were being ignored by writers, um, and so there was nothing there for him to do anymore. Yep. Um, and I know he had been pitching other ideas, and there was this idea, and I think some people on the internet were aware of it, floating around of doing some kind of faction stable whatever with him and tyler breeze and and uh 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 why am i blanking on his name perfect 10 ty dillinger Dillinger. uh yeah yeah Yeah. and there had been all kinds of stuff floating around and i think there had been a group certainly of people that wanted to see cody return as cody um but i always kind of grip my teeth a little bit when someone like cody uh quit asks for his release however you want to phrase it yeah. Because there's like, you know, Cody's one of the guys, he's like a Zack Ryder of the world, who's like a giant wrestling fan. And sometimes those people do get taken advantage of. I just, I always feel like as long as you're there, there's a possibility. Long as it may be, there is a possibility of something might happen. Maybe it'll just be for a moment. Maybe it'll just be the Zack Ryder story of getting that WrestleMania moment. But I think if you had asked Zack Ryder three years ago, he probably wanted to quit. He was just on Superstars, if that, all the time. Like, you could have had a three-year run in TNA, or you get your one moment at WrestleMania where you win that ladder match. He would probably pick, because he's such a fan, the WrestleMania moment. I would think. I don't know. But I would think that there's a possibility of that. So I get worried for Cody that he has kind of taken himself out of play. There's something to be said, though, for having such a... In, in knowing that he wasn't happy with the Stardust character, per se. Yes. The way he handled it, you would have never guessed. That's and a really good observation. And to going in with that motivation... Like, he was all in. All in. Yep. Not even on air, but off air. Like, how many WrestleMania radio rows did he show up in full paint at 4.30 in the morning? Yes. That's pure dedication, and, and that says a lot about somebody's personality and character. Yes, that's and true. And I feel like at that point... You're kind of like, F this, man. I've, I've done this. I've made it work. It, it, it is working, but it's not what I want. 
to what degree do you do you let yourself be pushed like that? And that's what he said in his in his memo was he made a career out of turning chicken shit into chicken salad. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, Cody, I think it's a great point that, that he was so all in. Yes. You, you believed he loved being that character. And I think that set a great example for Locker Room. If, if, it's, if yes. it's your job, you got to clock in and do your job and do it to the best of your ability. But I also think if he's been frustrated for a long time, mm-hmm. I think in growing up in the business as he has, yes. and seeing it in so many different stages and, and incarnations, he knows that a locker room with somebody who's as dedicated as he is should have more of a voice than he felt he had. Mm. And I think that he felt like he was a good sport and that he had gone along with what they were asking of him all along. Now we can't subtract from this. It's not the wound of his dad's death is still, I'm sure there. And I think it probably hurts to be in the business and feel like he doesn't have any power to steer his talents to a direction that he thinks will be productive and valued. If Stardust was getting pushed on TV and he's complaining, maybe less sympathy, but he's just really not. He's been really off to the side, yes. opening matches, jobbing out. So to me, I, I don't want to see all wrestlers have an attitude of, I'm just so happy that the McMahon royalty are willing to pay me to be in this wonderful That's business. That's a great point. I think wrestlers need to stand up, and I think it's not just uh, a standpoint of, well, you know, human beings should stand up for themselves. It's also... I think it's better for wrestling fans when wrestlers have a swagger of being outlaws, a swagger of having a say in their own life. You know, that's right. When 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 I say he needs to stay there to remain in play, that also comes with this idea of a reliance on the McMahons, on WWE. Yeah. And you can read that in a person when they're performing. If they need this job, yep. then they're a lot less likely to take important chances. And And I think with Cody, it would be... I, I'm very curious because he, he, I was thinking he might be walking away from wrestling. I, I When I saw the tiny print on the yeah. white paper, I thought he's saying, I lost my dad. My brother's about to retire. Um, and I'm not saying that's for sure. But, you know, he might have said something to that effect. I just don't feel a connection anymore. The business isn't what I thought. I want to go do theater. I want to go do something else. And when he said, I'm a wrestler and I still want to wrestle, I was like, this is going to be interesting. Especially because he did say that he, he, was, he had movies. He had, like, there's yeah. other stuff. But... Yeah. Because he's, he's got a background in theater, and, and that's his, a passion of his. But he wants to wrestle. So does he end up in New Japan? Where 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 does Cody fit, and how does he reinvent himself to fit in somewhere? Because I look at Cody, and I see a WWE sports entertainer. I don't yeah. see a gritty New Japan, Carl Anderson, Doc Gallows pro wrestler. So I'm really curious where Which, he lands. And that may be the best thing he can do is to skew interpretations. And I think yeah. not just for himself. I think this speaks volumes for others potentially following. Yeah. I think he sets a precedent in the sense that he's doing the reverse. Everybody's trying to come into WWE. What notability would that bring to any other organization that Cody goes to? Well, I think that – I think Cody, to me – And creatively speaking, I bet you they would give him some input. And where? In broader strokes. I don't know. Wherever he decides to go. Oh, sure. He could do whatever he wants. But I mean not even beyond his own self. Yeah. I think think he could kind of – yeah, I think he could do whatever he wants. I think like uh I think there's a lot of interesting places you could go. I think Cody Rhodes, unfortunately, timing and not unfortunately, I think Adam Cole is perfect as the leader of the Bullet Club or the, you know, the, right. that role in the Bullet Club, but had Adam Cole not taken that, oh man. How amazing would it have been to see Cody in the Bullet Club? I think Cody has a good shot though cuz wrestling fans like him so much. I think he should go the route of the PWGs, of the I, – I think doing a run in New Japan, maybe even, you know, popping up on uh, – you know, Pat Buck's doing uh, 
Global Force Wrestle Pro show that he's already got Sandow and Hornswoggle and Zeb Coulter. Yeah. You know, I, I think there is a spot for him to do some special indie shows. I don't want to see him every weekend being a weekend warrior, but like very similar to what Drew Galloway is doing. And maybe he ends up in TNA and right. finds a way to do PWG and TNA and do all, all the kind of cool spots. Um, I could definitely see that for Cody. I haven't seen a lot of wrestlers leave WWE and then reinvent themselves and go back, or if they do go back, have Vince take a fresh look at them. I think there's a stubbornness yeah. to Vince McMahon. Christian talked to Vince McMahon on a plane and said, I want to be a main eventer. I want to be like Adam. I want that opportunity. And Vince says, I don't see you as that. Christian becomes Christian Cage again in TNA, becomes world champion, NWA champion, headlines, goes back to WWF, and he instantly lands where he left. Right. And so I don't know if Cody's thinking, well, I'm going to prove something to Vince. Right. You have to take into account Vince doesn't want to be proven wrong on this unless there's big unless there's big money in it. Right. And, and so if Cody can reinvent himself at a level better than Christian did, at a level even higher than Drew Galloway, Drew McIntyre, and then he might come back with some, some verve and some, some – uh, uh, newfound faith in Vince McMahon to push him, like Steve Austin, in a way, kind of left WCW, wasn't happy with this push, went to ECW, broke out, and we saw this personality, right. and it came through in WWF. Right. It's a tough sell, though, because in terms of the wrestling world that we're aware of now, and I don't even know if people remember it, Christian really was the biggest thing for a moment, I think, outside of WWE. I mean, he was he was TNA's by far biggest superstar he was as popular as i think he could have been outside Mm -hmm. of wwe and it still wasn't quite enough right um and you know i think cody could be bigger than aj styles was for instance in new japan but still if he came if he came back to wwe and he were as big as aj styles was before he was in wwe he would still go back to being Cody Rhodes, right? I and, think, and I need to see more from Cody in the ring before I'm going to put him on AJ Styles' level. I think right. there's aspects of Cody that, at his age, where the the age that he's making this decision, and glimpses of what we've seen in the ring. But what I'm what I'm really curious about is outside of the structure of WWE's ring style as a mid card act that he's been most of his time there. What can he do? Mm-hmm. And and we're going to find that out if wherever he goes now. You listed a whole bunch of options, so yeah. did I. I want to see what he's got in him. Does he have more of a of a sharper, grittier edge, or is he more of what we've seen with the guy trimming his nose hair? And well, and- I'm interested in seeing what he wants to do because Katie like made a good point when you said how much he embraced Stardust, yeah. and I wonder how long he's been unhappy because I I think back and I think the first time I interviewed him was when he was mustached Cody Rhodes, and he told me in the interview. He hated the mustache. (laughs) So it's like we we never read that as a character. We thought he must have grown the mustache on his own and thought of this idea. In reality, he hated the mustache. So maybe he's hated the mustache. He hated Stardust. Like, (laughs) who knows? How so, long? Who does he, so who does he want to be? We're going to find right. out. And he is right. super talented. He's got charisma. He's young enough. He's still a great athlete. Now, how and, and we, we we move on to releases because just you know, right after Cody Rhodes, uh, Adam Rose is gone. Yeah, Adam Rose officially released, which I think everybody saw coming. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's more. It's I. It seems from a very very outsider's perspective, like Adam Rose may not be in the greatest place. Right. In his head, yeah. Um, that's what it seems like to me. Uh, it's a bummer as a wrestling fan because I think me and a bunch of people always wanted to see what I always like the Leo Kruger character, mm-hmm. 
And I always wanted to see what Leo Kruger could have done in that position. But um, Adam Rose is a guy that if he gets his head on straight, could theoretically, because he isn't, he didn't ever really do anything in WWE. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, I like agree. it started, but he didn't really do anything. Yeah. I think if he were to go out there, get his head on straight, and do something cool, he's a guy that could theoretically come back. I mean, with more than he had, which was nothing. You know what I mean? In your guys' opinion, though, at the point, at the magnitude of which this is scaled, social media wise, right? Is anyone going to pick him up? Yeah, and, and the charges he just had too. I mean, his wife defending him helps, but it's it's a hard mark to ever remove from your record. It, uh, there's so many people who want what he wants, who won't, who are in line. Right. And WWE knows that they take advantage of it. Yes. And and I just think he's probably going to have to look for a different career or be very patient. I think, yeah, I I, I think that he could end up. He could wrestle independently and do well if he want, if that's what he wanted to do. But, boy, those fans are going to be relentless, too. I mean, there's oh, going to be yeah, women in the crowd who aren't going to want to pay to see him. There's going to be men in the – I mean, hopefully men in the crowd. There's, there's going to be people who – Remind him of it every step remind of the him way. of it verbally. And I just – it might he might just need to – Step away for a while. Yeah. yeah. You're up to speed on something I'm not. His wife defended him? She said, yeah. 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 She, said, she asked the court Was that for as of late? Uh, it was when Two he had the court of- hearing uh, probably, I'm guessing, a week and a half ago, I think. Um, whenever the court hearing was, she just said that uh, that she wanted the court to take to go light on him, and that it was you know a, a moment in time, and and uh, yeah, Which I mean I, a, I don't want to paraphrase her because that's pretty precise it, language I'd want to have, and it was fairly typical of of those type of disturbances. Yeah, yeah, you know, sometimes when it's justified, sometimes when it's not justified. I mean, it sounds like. Who knows? Two people that could have gotten carried away, maybe two people that weren't in the influence, maybe whatever happens, yeah. happens. Yeah. And there are lots of instances where that charge gets filed and maybe it's – and it's not adjusted. quite as dramatic as and the Lifetime it, movie Let is. me play devil's advocate here and there's lots of charges that are on the other end of that spectrum. That's true as well. So, And there's a lot of women who finally stand up for themselves yeah. and then they go through feeling reliant. Yes, that's true as and, well. And they withdraw, but really they shouldn't be. They should be following through. And I mean, yeah. I think that's the point you're making. With is a don't. gun. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to have that conversation. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I think uh, – yeah, I think Adam Rose has a lot of fig- – I, I mean, honestly, when we talked about this on the podcast – you know, even without these charges, I kind of thought he didn't handle being suspended in the best way. I didn't but either. But, but yeah. the back and forth that we had on that, even just like talking talking amongst ourselves, he did. He had a chance. And then that particular charge, to, from a female perspective, I was like, F that, man. Right. That that, that, that just cut like off iced the you. cake. What do you think then of, of what Ryback's doing? I don't know if you saw the tweet. I'm sure you heard about yeah. the tweet, Wade. But Ryback is obviously – I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Ryback is even fully aware of what he's doing. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I think Ryback is trying to drum up controversy, but I don't think he realizes how damaging it can potentially be. Ryback goes on – did you see what he tweeted during the pay-per-view, Katie? Uh, he, you told me briefly. Well, I'll tell you what he said. He said, uh, while the pay-per-view was on, he said something to the effect of, hashtag feed me more. If you want to see anything, he said Ryborg, right? If you want to see Ryborg in the impact zone. So while the pay-per-view is on, and by the way, WWE takes that stuff seriously. Like Kathy Kelly does the Sirius XM show with me. Yeah. Whether she's working on a Monday or not, she doesn't come and do the show with me 
because, I mean, everybody involved is aware that it would be now your talent is doing something that's on at the same time as your show's on. It's just not good for business. And I was like, yeah, that. Like John Cena's reality show opposite of SmackDown. <laughs> well, <laughs> All right. it's, it's taped. It's different, right? <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, say, I'm making your point. It's not right, good. It right. actually split the audience. I right. think it hurt both. Yeah, I think it did too. Yeah. And and normally, and WWE is very aware of that. Yeah. John Cena is obviously the special case of all special cases <laughs> yes. for every case that's uh, ever been. Well, well, good point. Yeah. But, um, you, you know, Ryback did that deliberately, yep. knowing that WWE takes that stuff seriously. Yep. And, uh, uh, and I would think WWE is going to take notice of it. You know, it's not. And again, it's not something where they can turn around and just release him because everybody's like, "Oh, you got mad at the tweet." But um, that's yeah. They don't want to seem like they'll react to the tweet. They they want to pick their spot and seem like we decided on our own terms. Right. We're not going to let even when it comes to firing someone, they want to do it on their own timetable and their own terms. But it's that manic social media behavior. Mm-hmm. That I think it, it comes back to haunt you, not help you. And this push was up and down for reasons that we're seeing publicly that were issues privately. Right. You know, I mean, it's just the guy was unpredictable. Vince loved him. And then, wait, we can't push a guy who says this or acts this way. Right. And then, like, oh, but, oh, he put on muscle and he's <laughs> right. refined his character. <laughs> and, oh, this is exciting. I can make money with him. And he, he said, what to the writer? Oh, well, then drive him out and turn him, make him, you know, do this. So right. it's it's this love-hate thing. And now we're seeing a manifestation of it in public. What frustrated Vince about Ryback? Right. And I, I just, I think his the clock's ticking on, on a release. And it's interesting, too, because he's a guy who... In his personal life, before it was part of his character, had always kind of talked about how he, you know, was a was a subscriber to the secret and yep, yep. and positive thinking and everything. Yep. But he's also this guy. Who, it doesn't seem like he's. I never in any of this stuff. It doesn't feel like he's a guy who takes personal responsibility for much. I, I think that his statements were so ambiguous and so unrefined maybe um do you mean that if somebody if you are in a match with someone you should make the same money or are you saying that right if you lose that you should make this i mean if if hulk hogan fights sika uh jason paul at prosing.net made this point he's like sika did not deserve the money that hogan got in that match no like that that was hogan deserves more and it's felt like ryback was saying that but if he wasn't he wasn't very clear right and then the whole i mean i understand the issue of merchandise if you're a heel facing a baby face the face the baby face could make twice the money as you that week because we're right. selling merchandise unless you're new day and we're not sure what you are and you're but there's merchandise right um so i understand the sense of hey wait a second we're all packing our bags we're all getting on an airplane or a bus we're all hanging out backstage for hours we're doing the same job in front of the same fans let's have a little more equity but that's not how the world works no and no business works that no way. and and so i i want i i wrote an editorial out of the torch and but my kind of conclusion was I have thoughts, but I don't have strong opinions because I don't think Ryback made it particularly clear. We need to hear more from him about what he meant. And I so- also find it difficult for me when I was developing an opinion. It's difficult for me to dictate to another business how – like I've never worked as a wrestler. So it's difficult for me to sit there and be like, well, this is how you guys should get paid. But yeah. if I'm just thinking logically like – you know, as like, well, okay, if this is the system, here's how – I think there's a difference between Sika and Andre. You know yeah, what I mean? It's exactly, not like yeah, this overall thing. thing. Yep. And and it and it seems like the way the system's always been is if you're in the main event and you're not it's not just a feeder main event, right. no pun intended, feeder. Oh yeah. If it's if it's if you're in the main event and it's like we're acknowledging that you are a bad guy that's so strong like if the Undertaker is a bad guy 
and he's put in there against this guy, or Brock Lesnar is the bad guy, and he's put in there, then we're acknowledging that even though you're losing, there are matches where the loser has probably made more money. Yeah. You know, I'm assuming. There's, there's movies where the villain, who's not the star, makes more money than the. I mean, you know, Christian Bale did not win an Oscar. But Heath Ledger did. Yes, you there know you go. exactly, and and that and that's because because people become aware of it. You know, I would. It's think, not about who wins and loses. Right. I mean, that, that's not. The I, I'm sure Brock Lesnar has lost matches that he won that he was paid more for than his opponents. Oh, no question. Yes. And and I think what Ryback was thinking as well in UFC, the winner gets the winner's purse, the loser gets the loser's purse. But this is not like UFC. Right. We're told to win or lose, and we're like. Yeah, but that's not a very good analogy, and you ought not put that out in public. It just that's not how you don't go. Well, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Like, well, I'm told to lose, so why am I making less money? You're making less money because you're not as big of a star. It has right. nothing to do with winning and losing. Right. And I don't know if that's he understands right. that. If he does, I want to vet that with him and understand him better. I just don't understand his right. case, and I don't think I he's get doing the it argument. Favors. I guess would be that he feels that he has not had the opportunity to become a star the way some of the more higher paid guys have. But Which, you're asked to lose. You are asked to lose because management doesn't think you're as big of a star uh, yeah. as the guy who's winning in the aggregate. There's exceptions to the rule, of course. Chris Jericho's a bigger star than than uh, Fandango, but he lost to him. Right. I mean, there's a, that's an, a famous example. But the idea, which by the way, Chris Jericho probably made more money in that match. It, there you go. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this uh, the notion that Ryback thinks. Well, if you're if you're asked to lose, you should make money because I didn't have a chance to win legitimately. I was told to lose. It's just a whole. It's just. And, it makes no sense. And I think if Ryback does end up in TNA, which I think is – it's a possibility. Number one, I don't think that he – like why would you position yourself to work for a company that has noted financial peril? Like you know what I mean? Like this is not a company <laughs> right. that is sitting there like on this stack of dough ready to pay talent a ton of money. They typically have paid the big stars first and they make sure they're taken care of. So, right. you know, Ryback might be thinking, well, I'm not going to talk to the production guys who are getting screwed out of their paychecks. I'm going to talk to the Hardys. And if they're getting paid and EC3 is getting paid, I feel pretty good. I'll get paid. It's it's sucks. It's not the fairest way to run but it's business, also but like, he might think he's okay. How long does that Ryback... Oh, that's Ryback from WWE. Mm-hmm. How long does that last before it's like, okay, now you got to realize you're in TNA and there's significantly less eyes on you? It's one of the reasons WWE does the 50-50 even Steven booking. They don't want anybody outside of the top six, eight guys to have any kind of leverage they can take somewhere else or any right. kind of leverage they can take to management. If you win on the pay-per-view, you lose on Raw. If you lose on SmackDown two weeks in a row, you win on Raw the next week. It's all even Steven. Nobody has any kind of extra leverage. And it's about filling TV time and collecting the check from NBC Universal and having six top stars, eight top stars who make a difference. You take care of them. You know they're going to be there for you. Right. Everybody is desperate to be one of those top six, eight guys. But if you're not, you're going to be as frustrated as Cody and Ryback and CM Punk. Well, CM Punk is a whole other story. Right. That's, that's another two hours. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, let's talk about the pay-per-view. Yeah. Katie. You loved this the pay-per-view, correct? <laughs> loved it. What was your favorite match on the show? Mm, it's a loaded question off the, right out the gate. Uh, maybe I'll go with Charlotte. That was a good match. Because had a weird ending, and I liked that a lot. I hated the ending. You did? Yeah, because they did, they've done that. Every, they, they, Natalia's lost every way. Right. That way, she, every, almost every yeah, match she's lost. Yeah, but I like this push, push on Dana Brooke, and I like what they're doing with her. Well, yeah, I like I like the Dana Brooke move, but the the fact that Natalia, as a babyface, once again was the dumbest person out of eighteen or fifteen thousand right. people in the building because she heard music and turned her back to her opponent after losing a championship match over and over again under those same circumstances. I can tell you, <laughs> frustrates the hell out of a lot of people. Yeah. In the back, and I almost thought it was a rib on her. 
I well, almost thought it was a rib on her that they did that finish again, and I was I was upset. Isn't that the story? Because I mean, it is the story of Natalia's life at this point in WWE, isn't it? Yeah. Like that. That. And and if it's the a farting gimmick, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen. I mean, it's just let's make fun of let's make fun of Natalia, the weird Canadian, right? But which is interesting, and and and, and like it, it it is the part that uh, is I don't know if disillusioning is the right word, but like we all know that like. Natalia's been able to work these matches way before there was any revolution. Yeah. But even when it is embraced, it's not really embraced. Well, or if it's embraced, it's Stephanie wanting to take credit for it so she can represent that to right. a corporate meeting for charity. But when it's, good for business. when it's embraced, then Natalia can do that. Yeah. That's what's not really Natal- you know. Natalia, and I think she knows it, and she should, because a lot of wrestlers have this role. She's the she's the workhorse in the ring right. who knows how to take Charlotte to the next level. And I think Natalia knows that. I think she takes pride in it. She understands at this point in her career, she's there. She is there to make Charlotte look good. And Natalia knows she she doesn't have the attitude that CM Punk did. Wait, wait, you want me to make Roman look good? Right. You know, no, that's not what I'm here for. Um, Natalia, I think really enjoys making something out of Charlotte. They had great matches in NXT. Yes. They've had very good matches in WWE. But I think last night, unfortunately, because the Jericho uh Rollins or excuse me, the Jericho Ambrose match went long, mm-hmm. they cut out the heart of what they planned in Natalia Charlotte. They got a last second call to shorten that match. I I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. Huh. Uh, however I disagree with you on the fact that I I think on the especially on the female side, I think it takes two to tango. I think Natalia is obviously an amazing athlete, but in, in looking back on where it's come from, those from Natty and Charlotte in NXT, yeah. I still think Charlotte can hold her own. I don't no, think she needs right. yeah, Natty yeah. to yeah. make her look good by any means. Hey, I'll use the Roman Reigns example. Um, people are like, Roman Reigns sucks. And I'm like, no, not anybody. Not There's very few people who, with his experience or period, any experience, can have the types of matches he had with Daniel Bryan, Absolutely. with Brock Lesnar, Absolutely. with AJ Styles now. There's a, probably five guys he's had great matches with. Not anybody, and it was a struggle five, six, seven years ago to tell people the way to John Cena. Wait a second. John Cena has had great, very good to great matches with a long list of guys. He, you can pick on certain aspects of his style, but he's good. Charlotte has aspects of her that are green, and and even there's a little clumsy moment here and there. And people just dwell on that. And I'm like, what she's done in terms of the transitions of submission moves. Incredible. For the chain wrestling, her her the way she carries herself to the ring, that robe last night, and the way that she enters the ring. And then the psychology of the match and the believability of it. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think she's come along so far. Especially somebody who didn't so even, far. who wasn't a wrestling-minded person before she point. was there. That's a good point. You know, I mean, the, it's hard to grow up and not be, but she wasn't. She wasn't. Yeah. yeah. And so I, I really... You're absolutely right to point out that Charlotte deserves a ton of credit, but I would think I I can almost guarantee you Charlotte would say I owe so much of this to Natalia because she's right. the ring sure. general who showed me the I way. Think absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. I do like uh, to Katie's point. I'm I was relieved to see I should say that there's a spot for Dana. Obviously, yeah. this was invented because Emma's, Emma's injured. Yeah, um, I'm a little. Wor- I enjoy. I get you know I, I'm anxious to see and I'm I'm optimistic to see. What that pairing looks like? Yeah, I would assume that Ric Flair's not. It's not going to be a threesome. It could be. Yeah, it could I mean, be. I, I, it, 
It could be, but this might be a way to get Rick off having a, off the road while yeah. Charlotte can still be a heel mm. who has Dana interfering on her behalf. I would say it's not necessarily part of a master plan because of Emma's injury. Right. So it's possible that Dana and, that Rick will be in Dana's corner for Dana's matches and Rick will be in Charlotte's corner for Charlotte's matches. That's and, very possible. I mean, people maybe listening to this will know by now if, if Raw airs. I mean, that's, sure. you know, things move so quick in wrestling. But I, I, I like Dana being introduced in this, and I think it's, it's good they didn't just go, well, now that Emma's hurt, I don't know what to do with her, let's move on. Now they've got a chance to to do something with her. As anybody knows who listened to the podcast, the Fatal 4-Way Intercontinental title match went, like, exactly the way I had hoped (laughs) it would go. Like, to me, it was perfect wrestling. Halfway through the match, I leaned into Katie because, like, people were so in. And, by the way, the crowd at Extreme Rules. Awesome. So into it. Amazing. But I leaned over to Katie, and I was like, Katie, how mad are all these people going to (laughs) be when The Miz wins? Yep, yep. Katie's like, yeah, right, Sam. I'm like, okay. That was also at the same time, and anyone but Miz chant was happening. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this is a. I think Miz is a good. It's it's such an art, and it's it's so hard to find that sweet spot for a heel right now. Yeah, where you get legit heel heat. Yeah, because the fans don't like you, but they don't not like you enough to like go to the concession stand because Miz is good. He's oh, yes. really good at what he does, but he's in kind of like Cody Rhodes. He's only good at the WWE style, mm-hmm. and there's a huge group of fans, and they're the ones who go to pay-per-views and stay till midnight on Sunday night, or 11-something. They're the ones who want indie cred. They want that, that body of work that is hard-hitting, sacrificing, and all that, and Miz doesn't have that. And Cody doesn't have that. That's something right. Cody's got to prove. But that's part of what they don't like about Miz. But Miz knows that. He reinvented himself. I think he and Maurice are a great heel act. Old I mean, school. And, and for, you're right. And for Maurice, who was presumably want. brought in mainly to do Total Divas, she has been such an asset. Oh, her body language during that match yes. showed such a great instinct yes. for what you do as a heel at ringside. I have seen a lot of women at ringside, a lot of men at ringside, not know how, what to do in terms of you don't take away from what's going on in the ring. You wait for your spot. You augment it. Yeah. You uh, elevate what's going on. She has that instinct. Did I, I not say the same exact thing? Yeah. That was, was it that notable? Because I, yeah. I feel like I was like, well, wow, she, she kicks ass. What's yep. great about Maurice is, and it was like her first run, she was the same way. Wrestling, you know, was not her, her, her strong suit, but in her eyes was never insecurity. There yeah. was never an insecurity. And, I yep. mean, a lot of people still now, even Marie has it. Like, there are a lot of people you see when they come out, you look in their eyes, yep. and there's that second of insecurity, and that's enough. Big Cass had it in NXT yes, a year he did. ago. Yes, he's he did. still getting over it, but he's come a long way. He's come a huge yep. way. You're right, though. When he was first, and it would be like, oh, it's my turn to talk. Yes. And you can see <laughs> yes, that when he was starting. <laughs> you can see for a second, like, oh, Enzo would go boom, 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 boom. And he'd go, ah! Yep. And and then he would he and would you know deliver it, but it's, yeah. it's like in college. I'd get I'd study all night. I know my all my economics answers, and then the test gets set in front of me. I'd be like, I don't know any of this. And Cass has a moment, right. you know, we're like, I, I forgot everything. I, what right. am I doing? You know. And then you have to take a second. Yep. Deep and breath. then decompress. Yep. And then look at the test again and go, Oh wait, I know it all. Like <laughs> yes. I do know this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think but that's fans also fans will eat you alive if they see that. Oh yes. Yep. And Maurice doesn't have an ounce of it. Yep. But I think that's also why um, uh, Miz is such a good heel in this space. Like, the fact that... Because Kevin Owens is a bad guy, but, like, who... He's the he's arguably maybe, the best performer on the roster. And he picks on Michael Cole, which makes right. him a baby face. Right. I'm sorry. You know, right. he needs to stop doing that if he wants to be heel. But, yeah. Um, and he's slowed down. And so to watch Cesaro, yep. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn... <sighs> like, you've set a match up for anyone but Miz. Like, yep. I love all those guys yep. except <laughs> him. <laughs> And yep. he's like, look at my shiny championship. 
And what Miz does, though, is he shows up in that ring and he wrestles. And what happens is at the end, begrudgingly, the fans who hate him go, he, he kept up. Yes. Like, he kept up. I don't. I, I want to hate him, and now I'm even more mad because he kept up with three of my favorites. And Miz has to be at peak, peak, peak shape in order to keep up with those oh, yeah. three. And he is, and he deserves credit for it. But And he's the guy who will put the work in to yeah. know, like, okay. okay, this is the spot they're giving me. Yep. Like, I know what my strengths are, what my weaknesses are, but I am going to just make sure that conditioning-wise yep. I can main, I can keep up with these guys. Because if I, if I get winded and those three guys are going yep. – I'm done. Yeah, I'm I'm finished. My role is replaced as the as the WWE bad guy. Yeah. in this in this match. But um, it's great seeing Sammy and Sa- Sammy Zayn and Cesaro like as two baby faces in that yes. match get to shine. They get to be who they are. Yes, and the crowd is reacting to to them in a way that Vince McMahon can't backstage not take notice of. Right, yeah. right. And the main event, of course, um, you know, a lot of people. I I mean, first of all, AJ and Roman is like one of the great matches. Whether it, like like to me, the last two pay per view main events have been great matches yeah. on both yep. guys' parts. By yep. the way, it's not and it's not AJ carrying Roman through a match. Well, he's he's destroying his body to make Roman look good, but Roman has a role in it that yes. not anybody can pull off as effectively as Roman is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and 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 AJ, I mean AJ's been incredible, and it's it's to watch both of those guys like rise to the occasion. Yep. Is so much fun to see. Um, I would assume that AJ is out of the title scene. I would assume that too. Um, I mean, and, set, the Seth Rollins return was was. I mean, it, and again, we're at a disadvantage because Raw's starting in a few hours here, a couple hours here. Yeah. But is is Seth? Do you, I'm curious. Uh, we'll go on. Right? Do you think Seth came out and was a babyface, or do you think he was in the moment as a heel, saying, "I am as great as you you think I am, and I'm going to turn you against me"? I don't think he's a babyface. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah, I think, I think he's a heel. To Roman. Yeah, I think so too. You called that one, Sam. Yeah, yeah, and I and think they waited a long time. They for did. Seth. I love that. And it was great. Everyone's about to give up and leave, but the rumor is he's here. We're going to hang out. And I saw lots of people like you know waving at the yep. ring. Ugh, that's it. Another Roman. He just won clean. That sucks. And everybody goes nuts. Yep. It was perfectly people done. People running in from the concourse. Yeah, it was God, great. Ugh. It was great. I told you we should have stayed. Yeah, 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 yeah. New shirt, new gear, new colors. It was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's a heel. Yep. Um, I, I think Roman is now in the category of John Cena, where it's like to discuss a Roman Reigns heel turn is a waste of time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we now discuss how does it work in this world. Like there are now ram, you know parameters on the world. I, I think it's a, I think it is a very well stated legitimate position, and I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> okay, yeah, I you're mean, not ready. I, to I just I, I in that building last night. I don't know how you run a company catering to fans, where the fans who are willing to pay the big money to go to the Sunday Monday night shows and the WrestleManias. I don't know if the ratings were holding up, if they were going up. And right. I know the whole TV rating thing is part of a trend, but I'd be like, okay, this is working. But these fans, how long will fans pay to reject a guy? I think more so. Then John Cena got rejected. I just, I, I don't, it, the tide needs to change at some point. They need to get heels who the fans dislike. I don't know if they can do 12 years of this. It becomes, yeah, yeah, it's a long time to do it. It becomes about the booking. It becomes about creating stories where it's like the bad guy can be cheered and the good guy can be booed. The way we did with AJ and Roman. AJ did yep. started to inch toward being a bad guy. And Roman, by the way, and the Usos did it too last night. Yeah. No, no slapping hands with people. Yeah. Yep. No going through the crowd anymore. Which remember when I told you that, Katie? That's it was, it was very, very important. No more 
we're connected with the audience. It's like, no, we're go- I'm the to champion the point where- and we're going to war. I don't know if it was Jimmy or Jay. I still can't tell them apart. But they went, <laughs> oh, forget you to the audience. Yes. Yeah. During I, the I, Blue I, Fest. I am total. I mean, I've done this 28 and a half years. Yes. I've been, I have seen so much. I, am, I do not know where we're going. I don't know what you just described, what you're just observing. Where are we headed? Because we're going to have Seth against Roman. Yes. And is WWE going to go, you know what we're going to do? We're going to book Seth as a heel, as if he's being booed. We're going to book Roman as a baby yes. face, as if he's being cheered. And, just, and we're just going to let what happens, happens. And as long as we've got the last row of seats sold, like last right. night in Prudential, then we're just going to go with it. And I don't know that that's not the best option right now. However, Seth Rollins is a baby face. Being pushed as a baby face, being the Seth Rollins that the fans in that building loved, but also marketing him to kids and the people who, the women who are Roman fans. I mean, it was hilarious when Roman got introduced by Lillian last night. It was like Oprah, like, I, I hope this is okay to say, like Oprah saying, it's our favorite things show. Like, all the women leaped up. Roman! That's true. It, like, you didn't know where the women were. And then when Roman was introduced, every woman was standing up cheering. And the guys are like, the, I turned around, there's a husband just like, like this, I, I'm just embarrassed for my. It's my, true. My, 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 like Roman is super popular with the women, with women and, and the kids, kids. Yeah, but the men who are buying the tickets hate him. It was so I think, over the top. I think WWE is. I'd kind like to say I was an AJ Styles hoodie just for the mark. Oh, and, okay. Well, and, there are probably some women sitting, mm-hmm. but boy, that's okay. <laughs> Katie was rooting for AJ, and I was rooting for Roman. So we there just were there, <laughs> two, there were two brothers behind me, and they were arguing the whole night. Uh, is you keep booing Roman, you're going to pay when we get home. And these are like guys in their <laughs> mid twenties. It was, I mean, I, of course, every stereotype or you know generalization has exceptions, but I think that WWE is at a point where they've decided to think less linearly. I do too, and are just gonna are just gonna do it this way. You sometimes have to play with the tools you're given, and but that's why I'm fascinated. Because if Roman were to go hardcore heel, they just go all. I mean. I think he can come across as a D-bag who thinks he's better than all yeah. the wrestling fans. I do, too, and, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Right, because Batista played that role well when they finally went there. And Alex Greenfield on my show last week talked about, in the mid-'90s, Vince saw a scene in Batista. And he thinks the comparison should be between Roman now and Batista in t- 2005. You know what the common denominator is there, too? Huh. Jacked up jeans. Yeah. Mom jeans. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good totally. point. Yeah. And I think that also the Batista heel turn happened because they knew it was temporary. And Roman is a long-term investment. Like when Batista came back, yeah. they knew he was coming back for a for a finite period, right? But as opposed to Roman, who we're looking at forever. That that's true, and I, I guess the the comparison is just like when you're trying to if Vince, if you're thinking, well, Vince is going to make Roman the new Cena. I think what Greenfield, who was a creative team member back then, yes. on the writing team, I should clarify, he said Vince was trying to decide between who's going to be the bigger star, Batista and Cena, and what he had planned for Batista as a babyface is what he's doing with Roman now, more than what he did with Cena, because you don't see Roman wearing colorful gear, playing to the kids. Of course. You see him as the sharp-dressed, dapper guy who's co- a little too cool for school, and, you know, Roman is surprised as anybody that these guys don't, the fans aren't cheering him. But totally, what can you totally. Do? Well, Wade Keller, yeah. work, plug all your stuff. Uh, PWTorchLiveCast.com. Uh, we're PW Torch Livecast on iTunes, six days a week live. I host Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do interviews every Thursday. We just did Kevin Eck, creative team member. For, That's a good one. Uh, th- two, over two hours, over two hours with Alex Greenfield. Just had Kevin Ash on for two and a half hours last Thursday. So Amazing. check me out there. And PWTorch.com is our website. And if you like MMA, MMATorch.com. All right. So check all that out. Of course, Katie.show, the Tech and Lifestyles podcast. And uh, uh, you can get there at show or Katie.show if you search it. And thanks, both of you guys, for hanging out. I'm at, I'm at The Wade Keller on Twitter. So the Wade Keller. Yes. Cool, man. Thanks a lot. Uh, it's been a great time. Thanks, Katie. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for listening. Follow at MilkSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.
and subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Root Metrics second half 2020 U.S. reported three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.